burdens are meant to be shared. There are some burdens that I think we share with others. Uh, I think there are some burdens that are meant to be shouldered, and there's some burdens that uh, are just are meant to be shed. We just need to get rid of them. Um, but we all have burdens, don't we? Uh, again, if you don't have a burden, I want to meet you because it, it comes in our life at some point. And some, some have physical handicaps maybe that, that we have to deal with. Maybe there's a chronic illness that we've dealt with or somebody in your family's dealt with or uh, maybe it's a, uh, an abnormality that you just, it's things we can't change. Some of those things are just there. We're not going to change those things. Sometimes we have to deal with those burdens. Uh, sometimes we have spiritual burdens, don't we? Uh, spiritual burdens, you know, it, you know, sometimes a hurricane Satan just comes in and just knocks us for a loop. And uh, sometimes it, we deal with sin in our lives. And sometimes those tragedies that come about is through sin. Uh, it seems like sin just kind of soaks our soul sometimes. And, it, and we know we're separated from God, and those are burdens that we have as well. And, and knowing that we've sinned, most of the time we're going to deal with some spiritual circumstances, aren't we? They're coming sooner or later. Uh, and some have emotional burdens. You know, depression, it seems like we're dealing with depression more and more in uh, this society today. I think we have our anxiety. You have heartache from the loss of a loved one or maybe even uh, financial reversal. Uh, I mean, everybody has issues at some time, I think, probably financially too. When you were younger or at some point, we've been through it. There's a Chinese woman, though, that lost her dear son and couldn't find any comfort. She did everything she could do to find comfort. She went to an old Chinese man and asked him what she needed to do. And he said, well, go to a home that has no sorrow or grief and then bring me back a mustard seed, and I'll tell you what you need to do. Well, several days went by, and she returned, and she said to him, you know, she said, I have been so selfish in my grief. She said, sorrow is common in every home. So it comes to us, doesn't it? At some point in life, all of us have some type of sorrow. Am I whispering or what's going on here? I'm going to push this back just a little bit. I'm going to push it back and see if that will help a little bit. I may be blowing into it. Uh, but we all have problems. We all have cares at some point in our life that we deal with. And, and they weigh down upon us sometimes like, a, like a, a burden on our back, don't they? They really can be heavy sometimes and really get us down. You know, we don't all have wealth, but we all have burdens. And that's for a fact. Uh, every day in life here on this earth, every day brings to us, I think, its own assortment of burdens. And, and, and you know, something that affects you may not affect me. Something that affects me may not affect you. So we have to be careful sometimes how we look at people that are going through something. We've talked about that before in sermons before, and also I'm sure in Sunday school classes we've discussed that as well. But I think we'd be very well blessed today if we would look and study God's answer to the question of what do I do with my burden. So if you will, turn your Bibles with me real quick to uh, Galatians chapter 6. And I think there's a, this is a good, I think a, a great chapter of Scripture that addresses burdens in our lives. And if you look at that, and like I said, you know, some, some burdens are meant to be shared. And I want to kind of look at those first. But let's read chapter 6. We'll read through verses 10. It says, Brethren, if, if a man is overtaken by any trespass, you who are spiritually rest you are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Let him who is taught the word share in a good things with him who teaches. 
Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whenever or whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows of the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let's pray real quick. Lord, I do love you tonight. I thank you for who you are to us. I thank you for this scripture. I pray, Lord, that tonight you'll just use me as a vessel. And, Lord, I pray that you'll help us to get from this scripture what we need. Everyone has burdens, Lord, and we know, God, that you are the answer to each and every one. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So what are some of the burdens? You're going to have to excuse me. Have y'all's allergies been lasting a little longer this season than most? Well, mine are just driving me crazy. But some burdens are meant to be shared. And a few examples of those that are to be shared are faults and failures of others. You think, well, what do you mean faults and failures of other, brother? Well, we all stumble, don't we? Every one of us make mistakes in our spiritual walk. And when a fellow believer stumbles and falls in sin, now I'm not talking about someone that chooses to live in sin. And it seems like we're seeing that more and more in this day and age, but some people just choose to live in that sin. But I'm talking about a fellow Christian that stumbles and does it, you know, not intentionally, but rather, you know, falls into a problem that he has. And we stumble. Well, like I said, we all stumble. Sometimes we fall short. In fact, Scripture tells us we all fall short of the glory of God. But sometimes we'll do that. And rather than pointing that accusing finger that sometimes we often do, or shooting our wounded, sometimes we shoot them, move on. You know, we don't need to do that. You know, they, these are our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, you wouldn't do someone in your own family that way. We are brothers and sisters of Christ. In fact, I'm closer to some of these guys in church to some of my own family that I haven't seen in years. I mean, they are my family. So we need to treat them as such. And we need to love them in a way that when something happens to them, that we come along, along beside them, put down a hand, lift them up, encourage them. That's what we need to be doing. We don't need to shoot them while they're down or kick them while they're down or like I said, point that accusing fingers because we all do fall short. But we need to do that. You know, we are supposed to encourage, to strengthen one another when it comes to faults and failures. You know, that's true, very true. We are to do that. But look at verses 2 and 3. And I want to look at verses 2 and 3 again real quick. Bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. The only thing that would keep us from doing two which is bear one another's burdens, is to think that you yourself or me myself are above ever needing this kind of help. I'm going to tell you, I've needed this kind of help. Most likely you've needed this kind of help. And it might not be because of sin in your life, but maybe it's just something that's happened in your life you need encouragement from. You need someone to come along beside you and lift you up. And that's our job to do that. Uh, there are people, I'm afraid though, and I, won't, I, I, I don't think we have any like here at Kavanaugh. I'm not going to name them if we do. But there are people like some, you know, they feel that they're God's gift to church and humanity. Uh, you know, they do. I mean, they think, you know, I'm the best thing that came along for you guys, you know. Some people have felt that way. But you know what they're doing? They're act acting in a self-righteous way, aren't they? And actually what Scripture says, and too, they're just value, they're, 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 they're value by comparison. They're thinking, I'm better than you are. But really what they're doing is what Scripture says is self-deception. They're deceiving themselves. But you know what? We all need each other at some time or another. And again, what I'm telling you as Christians, and we come along beside someone, lift them up. Pray for them. Do what you have to do to get that individual back on track. 
Because sometimes depression hits, and we deal with some depression depression here in this church. Now, Charlie's kind of attitude is just deal with it and get over it. But not everybody can do that, you know. Not all of us can do that. Some of us have to dwell on this a little bit and kind of, but you know, we need to be careful too that we don't have a pity party in our, down, in our downward ways because sometimes we'll get in such a backward way that we get in that way too. But, you know, we all need someone at times, depression, other things can set in, the loss of a loved one like I talked about a while ago. Uh, there was a preacher who was preaching on, a th- on this theme, actually, and I asked if anyone had ever heard of the perfect person. There's kind of meek man back in the back, raised his hand. He says, well, I've never met him, but I know him. He was my wife's first husband. <laughs> you, know. you know, there's always going to be somebody perfect. But, we... but you know what? We're all prone to wander sometimes. And we all need each other. How about sorrow and grief? Uh, at any given time here at Kavanaugh, in fact, this week we've lost another loved one. And I'll speak to you more about that here in a minute. But here at Kavanaugh Church, at any given time, we have someone under a heavy load of grief. And it seems like it's happening more and more, whether it be the death in the family or an illness that hits a family just out of the blue there are people that are dealing with grief and, and, and just a heavy burden on their lives. And we, and we have a lot of great services recently. I mean, we have some great services on Sunday, but someone in this our service every Sunday just about is suffering. And we may not see that. We may not know that. But if you know it, you need to come along beside that individual, those people, and you need to be praying for them. You need to come support them. Like I said, we can get carried away in our own little world, and we can have some great services on Sunday morning, Wednesday night. And, and, and just be worshiping God all along. But sometimes we forget about there is someone here that might be hurting. And there have been quite recently on several. So we need to remember those people. Be kind to everyone for everyone has sorrow of some kind. Be kind to everyone because everyone has sorrow of some kind. Tragedy, sorrow, disappointments, depression, and grief will eventually visit the house of every person in this auditorium. It'll happen. I promise you. Ruth in 2.13, think about Ruth. Then she said, let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for that thou hast comforted me, and for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaidens. Now, Ruth was a stranger in a foreign land, wasn't she? You know what? She was really an outcast is what Ruth was. She did not even expect to be, well, she expected to be ostracized is what she really expected to be because she was a foreigner. And you know what she really expected to have to do without, didn't she? When we read scripture, she wasn't, I mean, they were living about as low of a life as they could live. They were just barely surviving to get by, Ruth and her her mother-in-law. But someone came into her life that made a big difference. Someone came in her life that comforted her. And I'm going to tell you something, it makes a big difference. If you've been there, and I have, and most of you probably have too, when someone comes along beside you, brings you comfort, just a word of encouragement, it means the world to you. Again, how we deal with grief affects how God grills with, you know, deals with grief as well. So let me ask you a question. Whom have you recently comforted? And maybe you need to remember who comforted you and go back and thank them for doing that for you. Every day, someone has to go through grief. And I think, you know, the truth for me, I think this is probably the one reason that God allows sorrow to come to us. Because, you know what, who is better to minister to somebody that's been through what someone else has been through. Who better to deal with a drug addict than someone that's had to deal with it and has overcome it through God and let Jesus come in their life and change that. 
Who better to deal with someone that's had a loss in their family than someone that has already done that? First, or 2 Corinthians 1, 4 says, Who comforteth us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted by God. George W. Truett, Baptist, big Baptist preacher, big church down in Dallas, Texas, years ago told of a lady in a church that had lost a baby who had died. And he said no matter what he did, no matter how he tried, he just could not comfort that mother. And I cannot think of anything worse than a parent losing a child. I just I can't imagine anything worse. And it happens all the time. But he did everything he could do to comfort this lady. But then he remembered that there was a lady in his church had gone through that sometime before. And he got a hold of her and helped her go counsel that lady. And in five minutes, she did more than what he did in all the time and all the hours he spent in counseling with her. Who better to minister to someone who's been through the trials and the burdens that others have been through? But again, we have to be careful. And I know this sounds harsh, but we have to be careful not to wallow in our self-pity and allow our tragedies to be wasted. Because God will use tragedy in everyone's life. I know of several instances. I can think of Joe Nichols as one of them. They lost a, uh, he lost a niece early, early age. But through that loss, that baby's mother came to Christ. And many others in that family accepted Christ. Sometimes if we allow it, God will use tragedy in our lives to turn other people's lives around. If we allow it to happen. And many of you have been through things that uniquely qualify you uh, to help others that even I cannot help. Brother Will can't help. Because you've dealt in a field in an area that I've not dealt with. I look at Brother Dave, and I mean, I, he can tell you his past. It's rather colorful before God got a hold of him. And he's uniquely qualified to talk to some people that I couldn't even begin to know where to talk. How to even begin to talk to them? Because he's been through some of the things they've been through. This prison ministry he's going through, he's spent a night or two in jail. I haven't, thank God. But you know what? He knows what it's like to do that. And he doesn't mind me telling you that. He'll tell you that himself. You know, and that's the thing. He's got some unique qualities that he's had that he's gone through that he can minister to someone who's been there and done that. And you have too because you've experienced some things that I haven't. I've experienced some things that you haven't. So remember, take that opportunity. Let God use your tragedy to help somebody else in their tragedy. So we all need to be patient. We need to be kind and understanding that everyone has burdens at some time or another in their lives. Uh, Jay Vernon McGee tells of a church member criticizing him for ignoring him in a subway. And he said, that's not like me. He said, I can't figure out why I would even ignore anyone. He said, that's just not like me. Then he remembered that day and he had a very bad news that he had heard. And it affected him so badly that all his memory, all his concentration was on that tragedy. Well, he went to that individual and he apologized to him. He said, man, he says, I, you know, I, 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 I can't understand me doing that. But he said, this is what happened that day. Well, the man understood, and he realized that that pastor's life, or that pastor had a life outside the church. You know, he had a life too. And that man became a little more, uh, I guess, patient and, and kind and understanding because he realized that he had, that pastor had some problems. He had burdens as well. We all have burdens. And it helped him remember that he's not immune. The pastors are not immune from burdens as well. We all have them. So lift a burden with, I think, with a kind word or a note. And I'm going to tell you, some of y'all are so good. I'm going to tell Rowena, tell them Rowena over here. She can write the sweetest note, and I have been the receiver of several of those notes. And I'm going to tell you, when you, you've had surgery and you're down and you just feel like you're on your last leg and you get a note that uplifts you and others in here as well, 
you don't realize what that does at that time. It's like it's a divine appointment for that note to come. Susan DeFox does the same thing. A divine appointment for that note to come when I just need it at the right time. Those things help. So don't, if you've got a talent, use it. And if, it is just, if it's writing notes or if it's coming an encouraging word, don't hesitate to use those things as well. But see, Rowena now has had a tragedy in her life, and she needs that kind of comfort from others as well. And hopefully she's been getting I know she has. There's no doubt in my mind. But we all can swap war stories because we need that kind of encouragement and that kind of help from others as Christians. So because some burdens are meant to be shared, you know, we make your faith pledge promise to whatever you're going to do. If you want to support missions, whatever you do, if you make a pledge to God to do it, fulfill it. Don't just say you're going to do it and don't say I'll pray for you or I'll do this and not do it. I just, if I tell someone I will pray from them, as soon as I get to a spot, I tell I will do it so I don't forget to do it. Right then, I'll stop and do it. Ask Miss Holly. We've prayed for others, and, you know, if someone call and pray, we'll stop what we're doing as soon as we can, go to a room or somewhere and all of us together, and we'll pray then because we've told them we'll do it. It needs to be done then if you tell somebody you're going to do it. And don't forget them later on as well. Well, that's verse 2. Now look at verse 5. And it almost seems contradictory. Look at verse 5. For each one shall share his own load. Well, now I'm talking about sharing with others. But Scripture tells us now to share our own load or to bear our own load. Because uh, there are some burdens which no one else can help you with. Did you know that? Some burdens just can't be helped with. Examples of those burdens to be shoulder are consequences of personal sin. If you sin, consequences are coming most likely. Can somebody help with that? Afraid not. You're the one that got you in that pickle. You're the one that's going to have to get you out between you and God. That's something that you cannot do. You know, we live in a day and a time, I'm afraid, in which people want to sin and then ignore the consequences. You know, my girls were kind of laughing. We had gone, we lived down by Joe and Karen several years ago. And you could tell someone had just gone down the road with a baseball bat and hit every mailbox they could hit. I mean, just mailboxes just hanging off by the hinges, you know, or the nails. There were, there were screws that were screwed in there. And the girls were kind of laughing. I said, you know, girls, I said, you don't know who lives there. I said, that might be a little old lady that's living on $800 a month, and is she going to have the money to replace that? Everything you do, good or bad, has consequences. Well, you know what? When we sin, there's consequences. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow, but it's coming. I promise you. And the attitude today is, you know what? It's not my fault. It's somebody else's. And how we get there, I do not know. You know, it's, maybe it's the way your parents ignored you. I don't know that. Maybe you're domin- you had a dominating mother. Maybe your father rejected you. Maybe your mama fed you oats too early. I don't know. <laughs> you know, made you play with dollies. You know, I liked to play with them. I had my G.I. Joe, but I didn't consider that a dolly, but I guess it was. But I enjoyed it, played with them. Maybe your ex did something to you. Maybe your, your boss did something to you. But it's always somebody else's fault. Always somebody else's fault. And it seems like this newer generation that's coming through it's more and more and more of that. Nobody's fault but somebody else. And then when you take on that attitude uh, and you take it too far, and I'm afraid what you're doing is you're shrugging off any personal responsibility in your life. Do you know that? That's what we're doing. And you develop this victim's mentality. Uh, and everything is someone else's fault. Now, we're in a mess today. I really believe we're in a mess today because we don't take personal responsibility for the choices that we make. Even our government will not, and our congressmen will not take responsibility. It's always somebody else's fault. We've got to stop that kind of stuff. 
The St. Louis Post-Dispatch reported that killers become killers for two reasons. One is a difficult delivery at birth, and the other, they were rejected by their mother. Now, can you believe that? That's what they wrote in a major newspaper. And the article went on to say that if they use forceps while you were, were used on you when you were born, you have a higher likelihood to kill any, someone else on another day, at another, any given day. How many of y'all were delivered by forceps? I want to know. <laughs> Stay away from me. You know, it's crazy. I mean, we're, we're blaming things on other people and other things. and taking. My daddy said, when you get 21, you be responsible. You made your bed, lie in it. That's pretty good advice when you think about it, you know. And, it, and it, that stuff needs to come back. That kind of advice needs to come back. You know, I understand. I, and I'm going to tell you something. I understand that certain things in your past can predispose uh, to certain things. I, I understand that. I, I know those, those issues can have problems. But we still make our choices. We still make our choices. Uh, and when we make our bed, like Dad said, lay in it. That's just what we need to do. When we, when we create the problem, we need to deal with it. And your parents, and I'll be honest, parents' lifestyle may have exposed you since then. Maybe one of your parents committed adultery while you were in the home. Uh, and, and I know kids this day and age are dealing with a lot of things you and I didn't deal with in the family. A lot of them have two families now. A lot of them have two dads and two moms. You know, so it's things we didn't deal with. Is that going to affect them later in life? Most likely. I'm, I, so I'm not going to say things cannot predispose events and certain things in our life. But you know what? When, we, when, we, when our parents and lifestyle were exposed to those things, maybe they, they were lied a lot to the other spouse and you knew that, or there was anger and there was gossip in the family. But you know what? We still make our own choices. I don't care what you say, we make our own choices. And when we're tempted with immorality, we need to turn away from it. That's just all there is to it. I mean, it's, I know sometimes you say it's easily done, but that comes with your faith and your walk with Christ and your spiritual maturity. Where are you in your walk with Christ? And we can rise above it and then we can break loose from it and we can break that cycle if you want to with God's help. You can do it. Uh, there is victory in Jesus. But you know what? We like to play the blame game and, and we're world famous for passing the buck. There's no doubt about it. You know where it all started? In the Garden of Eden. You know? Lord, it's that woman you sent, you gave me. Woman says, Lord, it was that snake at, I mean, that snake, Satan. You know, the blame game. Been going on since the very start of time. When will we grow up, rise up, and fess up and say, I am responsible? And if we'll raise our kids to do that and our grandkids make sure they do that, the world will be a whole lot better place. I have to grow up and make sure I know that I'm responsible. If I do something wrong, I need to fess up to it. I need to be, go to someone and say, you know what, I'm sorry. If I messed up, it was not my intention to do that. Hopefully I'm a big enough and good enough person to do that. Hope you are too, and we need to. If we create a problem, we need to deal with it. You know what, we can choose to sin. Do you know that? And a lot of times we do choose to sin. But we cannot choose the circumstances. Look at what verse 7 and 8 says. 7 and 8 said, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows of the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So we have a free will. Did you know that? But so does God. And you know what the side of that is? Judgment. God is going to judge us. There's no doubt about that. 
Hebrews 9, 27 says, As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. It's certain. So we need to be man enough, woman enough, that we mess up or do something, we've got a burden that we're carrying, we need to take it to God. That's where we need to take it. We need to go to God and do that. Every day here, I think every day here, well, well somebody, everyone here, I'm sorry, everyone here at some point is going to stand before God. you know that? And you know what? You're going to stand there alone. Now, Christ may be there with you because your sin was covered at the cross. But you're going to stand there alone. You and the Creator, the only two there. I can't stand with you. You can't stand with me. Your parents won't be beside you if you're a young person. Your attorney can't be there. But you know what? We will all have to give account. You know what we're going to give account for? Those sins that we committed before we were saved, they're forgotten. But you know what? We're going, to be, we're going to be accounted for. The saved will be secure. Like I said, we're going to be secure, but we'll still have to answer our judgment. And thank God for that because the Christian, like I said, the Christian sin has already been judged at Calvary. But we will give account on how carefully or how carelessly we've lived our Christian life. You know, some will suffer loss. And if you think you can live a haphazard Christian life, you've got another thing coming. There are some responsibilities that come with that Christian life. Our service will be judged. Our stewardship will be judged. Our motives will be judged. And then rewards will be given for that which was done truly for Christ. And he knows the heart. We can't fool him. We cannot fool him. The lost, on the other hand, will not have any hope. Did you know that? They're not going to have any hope at their judgment. They're going to stand before God with that burden of sin still on their back. It's going to be there. And there's only one sin. Did you know there's only one sin which a person will go to hell for? And that's the sin of rejecting Jesus Christ. That's the only reason you're going to go to hell if you don't do that. And if you need to be saved, if you haven't been saved, and most of you, I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight, but if you haven't been saved, you need to give that to consideration. I'm amazed at what we're seeing here lately of older people that are really coming to the decision that they haven't really been saved. And we've seen that. So if you're not sure, you need to nail it down. Nail it down because you never have more time than today because I'm telling you, tomorrow may not come. So if you need to be saved today, don't reject the opportunity. Uh, and if you're biting this scene and being lost and tamed for God, uh, you and your burden are going to be cast in a lake of fire. That's about as plain as you can put it. I'm going to tell you, sometimes I don't think we preach on hell like we used to. And I was, I'm going to tell you, it was a hell, fire, brimstone service that got me saved. I tell you, I didn't want to go there. And not that we don't. I know Will is pretty good about doing that sometimes. But sometimes I think we move more of it. They said, well, you don't want to go in emotion. You don't want to say, but that scared me. You know, I don't want to go there. So well, sometimes maybe we need to do that more, especially in this day and time. I don't know. But no matter what judgment you appear at, all the veneer, all the excuses are going to be stripped away. It's just going to be you and your creator. That's what's going to happen. So all, some, some burdens are to be shared. Some are to be shouldered. But you know what? Some burdens are meant to be shared. Psalms 52, 22, 55, 22 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. You know what? Jesus is our great burden bearer. He's willing to carry any burden with you and I. And sometimes we cling to a burden and try to carry it ourselves. How many times, if you're like me, and I'll be honest with you, I'm guilty of it. I've come to this altar and prayed to ask God to help me. And I say, I'm going to leave that burden there. But as soon as I get up, put it back on my shoulder and I'll take it back home with me. And sometimes we come to this altar and we say we're going to give it to God. We truly need to give it to God. We give it to him. 
You know, we can't be deceived into thinking that uh, God wants us to carry something by ourselves as if we're somehow serving God in a better fashion. That's not what God says. But some burdens he wants us to carry. Now, there are some he does want us to carry if we'll let him. If he'll help and he'll help us to carry if we'll let him. Matthew 11, 28 30, and 30 says, Come unto me, all ye labor and are heavy burden, I will give you rest. Very, very familiar scripture. Take my yoke upon you and lean and learn on and lean on me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest upon your unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, when there's more than you can bear, and some of these burdens sometimes we feel like are, we're just crushing in around us. But when there's more than you can bear and you don't think you could take another step, you can lay it on Jesus. You can lay it on Jesus. You know, I, I want you in your mind's eye to think about a little boy that's been out all day and he's been gathering everything he can gather and he's got his backpack with him and it weighs more than he does probably. And he's about to get home and he's tired, he's hot, and he's about to go up his steps and he just can't hardly make it up those steps. But you know, I've seen people have a health need, and I'll come back to that. I've had seen people come to a health need, and they pray. And you know what? God delivers from that. And it happens. God is still in the, in the works of miracles. He really is. He's a God of miracles, and he's still in the job of miracle making. I've seen people in financial straits that have prayed. I myself have got been blessed beyond measure. I mean, there was, when I had my accident back in 92, just couldn't work. I thought, you know, God, what am I going to do? I had... Disability insurance on my car. I had disability on my insurance policy. I had disability. And I'm thinking, you know, God was taking me. I didn't even know I had them on there. But God was taking care of me, you know. And I've seen other people pray, and then God will provide that money in more times than one. And it's always great when that happens, isn't it? I mean, it's always great. And God may choose to relieve that burden from you. But, you know, look at again at Psalm 52, 22, or 55, 22. It says, he shall sustain it. No. He says, I shall sustain thee, you. I will sustain you. Now, sometimes the Lord doesn't lift the burden. And sometimes, like that little boy, when he comes home and he's tired, he can't hardly get up them steps, and his daddy sees him, and he runs down there, picks him up, backpack and all, carrying that little burden, that little burden for him, that little boy and his burden that he works so hard for. God does the same thing for us. Sometimes he doesn't want to remove the burden, but he'll lift you and I up along with the burden. Sometimes we need to go through a burden. Sometimes God has plans for that. And when someone is bearing, carrying your burden for you, it's a little easier, isn't it? So God is willing to do that for you and I. The Apostle Paul, I think, was a very good example of that. Uh, three times he asked God to lift uh, the burden that he was carrying. And we preach about it, and, and, and we kind of say that God's answer was no, but I'll give you grace. But really, I think three times God said yes, because I think what he really did is I'll lift that burden and you too. And that's what he did with Paul. He didn't lift the burden itself, but he did lift Paul up along with the burden. And some of you are getting, maybe some people get bitter towards God. I've seen people when something a tragic or a burden really comes in their lives, and I've literally seen them get bitter and turn against God. I'm always amazed at that because I think of how good God is to us. And some men, I thought, one man in particular, and I could tell you the name, you might recognize it. He did that, and it just he had a death in the family, and he got so angry with God, he just, he just, he cursed God. And it amazed me because I thought of all the people that I knew, I never thought that or suspected that of that man. 
Never did. But you know, sometimes we ask God to lift a burden, he doesn't lift it. Maybe he just, maybe, you know, maybe, I guess probably we just kind of realize that it may be his will to lift you and it too. And we need to realize that. Sometimes when God says no, he's saying yes. He's not going to lift that burden, but he's going to give us the power and the strength to deal with that burden. You know what? When, it's, when someone's helping you carry the load, it's a whole lot easier. You may have that load, but when you got help, it sure makes it easier. And when they carry you, when God carries you and that burden through, he's going to get it through all the way, I promise you. He's not going to bail out on you. He's going to get you to the end. But when we throw a perpetual pity party for ourselves sometimes, and we do that, we don't allow him to carry us or the burden either. So if we're not careful when God tells us no, he may be telling us yes, but he's doing it a different way. But sometimes God does tell us no. Do you know that? It's always yes, no, or maybe, or wait. Not maybe, but yes, no, or wait. There's never a maybe, but yes, no, or wait. But sometimes when he says no, he's actually saying yes because he is going to help us endure. There was a man walking down the road, and this kind of has been, I think, uh, indicative of... uh, what we talked about just now, and he walked down the road with a big sack of potatoes on his back. I mean, he was sweating. It was hot. He was wringing sweat. With, with His shirt was just doused with sweat. And somebody pulled up in a pickup truck along beside him and said, Hey, man, you need a ride? Climb in. Man, he got in. But he kept the sack on his shoulder. And finally, they went a long way. The driver finally, the old guy said, You know, guy, he said, Why don't you put that sack in the floor? He said, No, man. He says, I'll not do that. It's enough that you'll carry me to town but I'm not going to ask you to carry those taters. Are we doing God the same way? Are we coming down here and asking God to take over a burden and we just keep carrying it? With God's help, whether we carry it ourselves, if it's one that we can share, if it's one that we have to shoulder and carry ourselves, or for someone that needs to be, or if it's a burden that needs to be shed, allow God to do that in your life. Allow him to do that. There's no song, I think, that... Uh, a lot of you are familiar with it. It's an older song, and I, I heard it a long time. Well, I haven't heard it in a long time, but it says, I must tell Jesus. Y'all remember that one, a lot of you? The chorus says, I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, he will kindly help me. He ever loves and cares for his own. You know, that's, that's all we got to do. We just got to take them to the Lord. That's what we got to do. And again, how you deal with your burden affects how God deals with that burden. If you want to give it to God, he's going to help you with it. Whether he takes it from you, whether you have the burden someone else is having and you share with them, or if it's something you need to deal with on your own and shoulder it, or if it's something that you need God's help with. You know, that's what we need to do. And I'm, I'll almost be willing to wager, but I'm not a waging man, but I'm, if I was a betting man, I'd be willing to bet there's problems, there's, there's burdens in this, this sanctuary this, this evening. There's burdens here. And it may not be something that other people know about it, but you know what's going on. It may be someone in your family. It may be a family member. It may be something in the home. It may be a friend. But there are some burdens in this church. And again, we are to come along beside those that have been burdened and are burdened, and we need to come along beside them. And those that have been burdened and been through something need to help those through those that you've been through as well. Use that for the good of God. So like every Wednesday night, we come to the altar, and that's what I want you to do tonight. I want you to come down here. And if you have a burden, or if you know someone that has a burden, pray for them, particularly for yourself, though, if you've got a burden. Ask God to deal with it in a way that he sees fit to deal with it. Um, I think it's important that we share burdens with each other. 
And you know, sometimes we're embarrassed to share burdens. You know, maybe something is bothering you or something. Maybe, and maybe there is something you've done that's maybe crossed the line a little bit with God. But I'm going to tell you something. I've got account, an accountability partner, and we share everything. And if I fall short, I want him to know it. I've had temptation, I want him to know it. Because when I tell him, I've exposed that, and then he can help me pray about it. Because I tell you, unexposed sin can sometimes can just eat you alive. So make sure, I mean, accountability partners are great. But you know you've got your spouse, and you've got your loved ones around you, and you've got a friend. I've got a friend over here, several friends in this auditorium, that I could tell anything I need to tell to them. And you know what? I, they wouldn't hold a thing against me. At least I hope they wouldn't. But I could tell them anything, and I think what they'd do is pray for me. I know it's what they'd do. And they'd come along beside me, and they'd lift me up and be an encourager. And that's what we need to do for one another. So as you come, uh, come down here tonight start praying. We've got several on the prayer list. Uh, Charles Edward Jones, Charles Jones, him and his wife, Gloria, sat back here usually on, on Sunday mornings. He passed away. Uh, you know, he fell and hit his head here a couple of weeks ago, about maybe a month ago. Did real well for a day or two, and then... Uh, Issues started happening and uh, ended up back in ICU and then later in uh, uh, select care. So he passed away on, uh, I think it was Tuesday afternoon, funeral. I got visitation tomorrow night from 6 to 8 at Ventress, uh, or Ventress Mortuary on A Street. And the funeral service are at 10 o'clock on uh, Friday morning at Ventress as well. So if you can be there for that funeral, support the family, do that as well. Sure, Terry. Okay.